0: Hello and welcome back to the Brit Sky to the NFL. It's been a, it's been a while, um, but today is a big one because it's Super Bowl week, and I'm joined by once again Zach. It's been a long time, buddy, but we're back. It's
1: good to be back. Good to be back. We missed a little bit, but uh, in time for for the, the short piece
0: of the season, so to speak. Yeah, man, I can't believe it's it's come around so quickly. Uh, it's such a Eventful season, but we're, we're finally there. Um, do you want to start off with? I think I think it's probably best to start off with a quick review of of um, our teams and how how they've done this year.
1: You know, I'm 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 sort of pleased with the way at the end of it, end of the season. Um, I, I, I I'm still a little bit, you know, upset that they didn't manage to get Trevor Lawrence and and they sort of messed that up with the, the draft picks by by actually winning games, but. Um, you you can't sort of understate confidence really. I think that if you'd have taken sort of a a note from sixteen season into next season, it might have been sort of a difficult job um, to 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 come back from that. But obviously, two two really good wins once one against one against the Rams, then one again one one against the Browns. But um, all in all, a poor season. I think it's fair to say, if you sort of take out that. Uh, then them two wins towards the end of the season. Um, obviously, uh, coaching changes and and Robert Salah coming in. Um, I, I think that's a really good appointment. Um, I, you know, it, it's a it's a difficult job for him to come into because he's never been a, a, a head coach before. So I think that that's something that I'd maybe be a little bit worried about because he's inheriting a situation where it's not going to be easy for him to come in and just sort of change the fortunes around. He's got to completely change the mindset of players. Who got beat 14 times out of 16 last year? That's not, you know, that's not an easy thing for him to be able to do. Um, but I think it's a really, really good appointment. Um, and and obviously, I, I think the work they did with the 49ers last season uh, was, you know, really, really impressive. Obviously, took them, or contributed towards taking them to the to to the Super Bowl final, where they just lost to to the Chiefs. Um, and a really good season, where I think they I think they went 13 and three that season. So a good appointment and I'm and I'm pleased for him to to have got the job
0: yeah we're just going to come on to that, to to the new coaching adjustments at um, in New York I mean Adam Gase was was a was a a, a sure um, fire I mean after that display when you know it was such a that horrible loss to to the Raiders I mean I, everyone yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone sort of expected Adam Gase would be fired at, at the end of the year, and um, I don't know. I think Robert Sala is a great hire. To be fair, I, I would have liked him for for the Eagles. Uh, I think he's 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 clearly one of these one of these guys who's going to come in and yeah. From what I've seen, he's going to come in and change the culture of the whole place, and he's going to really transform this team in 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 the way that they play and the way that they train and. I think he's a really good hire. Yeah, I think
1: it's it's been really refreshing to see some of his interviews he's done with American television stations and and sort of the mandatory Jets press conferences when he was appointed. I think the way he speaks is is really quite promising, and and like you said, he's you know he's going to be changing the entire mindset of the players and 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 the sort of culture of the place. And and you know, I think it's you know obviously don't you know, next season will be a, a rebuilding job, but you know, I think in two to three years' time, this you know this. This this team could be, um, could be a real force. But you know, obviously, there's a lot of work for it to be done to be that. But I think some real confidence for, for, for him uh, coming into the job. I also think it's important that you know, and it's not to trivialise it, but you know, the first ever Muslim coach, head coach yeah. in the NFL. Um, I think NFL's taken a little bit of a battering in this last year because of um, the sort of the the reemergence of the Colin Kaepernick uh, situation. You know, with everyone, with the fact that everyone sort of bought into this you know taking the knee especially in the premier league you're still doing it now uh, even almost you know sort of set eight months on from from when they started it they're still doing it and i think it's it's sort of dragged nfl through the mud a little bit in the last sort of 6 7 months that that calling took the knee and, and and never really got another job after that and uh, so i think it's 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 an important step for nfl as a sport to have taken that they've appointed that you know there's a you know first muslim head coach obviously he's had roles in in other teams yeah. and franchises before but for someone to have got the sort of the main gig if you will um i, I, I think that's really important and and you know it's you know, an important milestone for the sport you know it's 2021 now and 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 things you know changes like this should have happened years and years and years ago but it, it's, it's good that um you know things are sort of you know finally starting to to maybe progress a little bit
0: well, i think there's still work to be done i think there's still nowhere near enough. Um, I mean, you look around the league and there's, there's nowhere, whether it's, whether it's a, an opportunity from an opportunity point of view, whether it's, you know, black coaches, not, not getting a looking or, or I don't know there's there's something still not quite reaching that, that almost equilibrium of, of um, equity and around, around, around the, um, around the league. I mean, it's, it's starting to change, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done to achieve that. but, yeah things are things are looking up with that hire. Uh what do you what do you think of the quarterback situation going forward because there's been a lot of r- rumors and Deshaun Watson has has recently asked for a trade reportedly asked for a trade from the Houston Texans. I mean is that someone that the Jets could be looking at or do you think they'll 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 continue with a draft and 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 try and draft someone like Zach Wilson? Um it, it...
1: At the minute, I'd probably say they'll probably go for someone like Zach Wilson. Um, but personally, I think that there were a lot of people in in the sort of hierarchy at the, at the Jets that were sort of thinking, "Do you know what? We've, we've we've you know we've got Trevor Lawrence here, and and they've they've not really planned for this sort of um, situation where they're not guaranteed to get that first draft pick. I think they've almost been surprised that they won the two games at the, at the back end of the season." Um, I, I think it's a difficult situation. Uh I don't what whatever whatever the situation is, I, I can't see them wanting to continue with Sam Darnold as as as, as sort of a major um as a, as a starting quarterback. So if if you're asking me now, I think they go for Zach Wilson. Um but you know, then again, you know, there's opportunities emerging all the time about players that are asking for trades. So it's one of them where you've sort of gotta sit down and really evaluate your options and that's why I'm I'm sort of glad that they've got in um uh, Robert Salah as early as they can um so then you can you can you can start to plan ahead now for because you know there's two two or three months now until the draft yeah. um so there's there's two or three months to sit down and really plan as to where you want to take this team and and the direction that you want to take it in but yeah, I think it goes like wilson i'm i'm i couldn't I couldn't be sure at this moment though, I think it's probably probably fifty fifty.
0: Yeah, um, something that I want to touch on before we we perhaps talk eagles um, is this Stafford and and Goff uh, transfer, which is which has uh, gone ahead. And I mean, really, uh, would you call it a surprising trade? I mean, it, it's certainly sort of the first blockbuster um, tr- trade or transfer, whatever you want to call it, of of the new year. So I mean, the the Lions got Jared Goff, the third round pick in. This year's draft, a first-round pick in next year's, and then another first in in the year after. Uh, whilst the Rams got Matthew Stafford, I mean, I I don't know what you what you think of this, but I think it's a terrible deal for the Lions, um, because you know Rams. I, I think the Rams with Matthew Stafford could really have a have a chance to reach the Super Bowl next year, and you know the Lions Lions haven't really got anything out of it apart from you know a couple of draft picks, but it's like they didn't get any first rounders this year and they have to take Jared Goff off of LA's hands and it's just like, I think, I mean, Stafford could really excel. You know, I mean, he he has suffered a lot of injuries recently and he's starting to to age a bit, but I think with him in in LA, particularly with their defence as well, I mean, they could have a real chance of of getting to the Super Bowl again next year.
1: No, I agree. I think, it wasn't really something that I ever really saw coming. Even when it was sort of muted around, I didn't think you know, it was something that ever going to come off. I think um, Stafford's Stafford's time in the game is, is, you know, he's probably you know quite quite short. I don't think he's got too long left. Um, I don't think that's being disrespectful. I think that's just facts. Um, I think it all depends on on how highly you rate Jared Goff because I don't really rate him at all. I know no. that sounds you know quite harsh for someone who sits and. You know, speaks from his bedroom, but I, I, I think you know I've, I've I've read a few pieces this week about people who, who sort of rate Jared Goff and, and sort of think that it is a win win for both parties. But personally, I don't, and I think that you know if 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 I were the Lions, I'd have I'd have sort of you know, I'd I'd have kept all the staff and, you know no matter who you know sort of wants to trade it. Were, it, it certainly wouldn't be something a deal that I'd want to be doing. You know, in return for Jared Goff, um, I, I find it really really bizarre. I, I, you know, I don't think it's a particularly good move for the Lions. I think it is a good move for the Rams. Um, I think like you said, I think there's a possibility that, that, that the Rams could could sort of make a charge for the Super Bowl next year because, you know, Matthew Stafford is is probably, obviously not in in sort of achievements or recognition, but I think he's in the same bracket in Tom Brady as the amount of experience that he's accumulated over the years as as a quarterback. I think he's seen a lot, and 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 when you you can't really underestimate that experience because it improves your reactionary decisions in, in certain situations and you can read a game a lot better than, than you know, some sort of, you know, an up-and-coming quarterback. But, um, you know, I, 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 I'm I'm not a fan of it. I don't think, I think if I were a Lions fan, I, I wouldn't be particularly happy. But, um, you know, Stafford has, has sort of got his wish in and finally managed to escape the Lions and I think he's wanted to do that now for quite a while.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw this. Apparently, there's reports that he, when he asked to be traded, he, he traded, it he didn't want. Uh, he said anywhere but the Patriots, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, um, I did. I did. I read some of that at the start of week. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. This this gives me hope, though. Do you know why? Because I think it's it, seeing this go through and seeing seeing the amount of you know getting a third round and two firsts for for Stafford. Really gives me hope that Wentz's trade value is gonna is gonna really. I mean, at least I'd hope we get we get a second, you know, at least for for Carson Wentz. If do you want to get into this? It's, it's, I can't believe we're still talking about this. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's never a podcast, is it? We are talking about Carson Wentz. No way. I mean, it just seems to be the same thing every week. It's. I think one of the most frustrating bits about it is that he's not coming out on social media or, you know, Twitter or Instagram and saying, you know, the reports are false. I don't want to be traded. I want to stay in Philly. And that really is worrisome because I think, I mean, that's surely a signal that he wants to go. I mean, if he wanted to stay and he wanted to be the guy, he wanted to be the franchise quarterback, surely he'd just come out and deny all these rumours. But I think all of this, you know, accumulation of, just just nonsense from from whether it's from his agent or whether it's from you know media outlets it's just not helping the situation and I think it's put Nick Sirianni the new the new head coach in a really sticky situation because I think he's had apparently in his press conference the other day um, he's, he, he said that he hasn't really decided what what he wants to do with the quarterback situation going forward which you know Take it or leave it. He's he's not going to admit it in the press conference, um, but I, I think he's had, he's had talks with both of them. And the one thing I want to get your opinion on is, firstly, what do you think of of Nick Sirianni as a high Obviously, you're not an Eagles fan, but like as an outsider, what what do you think of this?
1: No, you know, what? I think it's I th- I, th- I just think it's quite a good appointment. I was a little bit surprised when uh, Doug went. Uh, I I genuinely thought that uh, sort of did seen enough in sort of the last you know sort of last you know five or six games of the season to think, you know what, give Doug uh, another season and and you know he, he might he might be alright. Uh, I like the work that, that Sirianni did with uh, with the Colts. Um I think that that's I think that's you know something that you can that you can take into it. Um and I think he I think he with re- re- the San Diego Chargers before then. Um yeah. now obviously LA Chargers. Um I think I think you might have said it to me, um, and, and and I and I agree with it really. Is that you know the only thing that you know probably worry um, any sort of Eagles fans is that he hasn't really called plays before, and he, he you know you worry about you know people decision making, and especially in at such a high level of sport, and it's the first time that we're going into a role like this. It, it does worry me a little bit. Um, obviously, it's a sort of a similar situation to to Robert Sala coming in at the Jets, but. Uh, obviously you know Salah's had experience before as a defensive coordinator and, and he knows that sort of role quite well whereas whereas he's never really done that before um, so I think I, 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 if if I was an Eagles fan which I'm not I, I wouldn't mind the appointment but uh, I think I think even you might have said this to me as well so I apologise if I'm using all your analysis but it does feel a little bit anticlimactic compared to a few of the names that were sort of banded about before and 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 for what it's worth I would have probably sort of given Doug another year because I don't think he was as bad as uh, maybe the results in the first part of the season suggested
0: yeah I mean it, yeah there's a couple of things um, but I mean yeah just going on that Doug point like it's crazy to think like I mentioned this in the episode that uh, I'm, uh, you've, you've probably seen the uh, rant that I uploaded um, about Doug leaving I think the fact that he won a Super Bowl like literally like three years ago is and the fact that he's got sacked is is just unprecedented really. I mean the guy's the guy's got a statue built um outside the link. Um so it's yeah, it's the the fact that him and Falls you know, both statues outside the outside the link and then they've they've both of them have, have gone now, so it's like crazy. But yeah, a few things on the Siriani higher like I, I don't think I'm I'm annoyed per se about about appointing him, but I I just don't hate I I, I hate the process that 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 um, Jeffrey Lurie and, and Howie Roseman have have gone through to appoint someone like Nick Sirianni because what's wor- what's slightly worrying is is the fact that he like you said he's never called players before and he wasn't a guy that was being talked about in terms of when people started hiring, when the season finished, well, obviously the season not finished yet, but when, when the regular season finished and people started hiring coaches, he wasn't the name that was getting banded around a lot. And that's slightly worrying for me because he's not a guy that was that was in high demand. And that is slightly unusual for, you know, if you're going to go with someone, it's going to be one of those guys that, you know, there's some there's sort of names that go around a lot and you know, you're Robert Salas, the um, the Arthur Smiths who got hired as Falcons coach. Yeah. Um, like, he wasn't a name that was being th- thrown about. So that's slightly worrying for me. Um, but a lot of people were criticizing his press conference the other day because he was very, he was quite nervous and he was stuttering a bit. But I, I, you can't take, an, I don't think you could take anything from that. I mean, you know, it's one thing talking in front of the media, being a first time head coach, you know, you're know, coming into a brand new city, especially where the media is is almost infamous for being quite relentless. And, you know, people in, like Philly fans are, are so passionate, incredibly passionate about Philly sports and, and the media is so relentless and, you know, they're, they're not afraid to, to shy away from, you know, them sort of brutal questions. So I think I, I, I can't really take anything from that. Press conference in terms of, of of negatives. I I just I think we just got to see what he can do on on the field and um I mean he's really got to earn earn the respect of of the guys, especially the veterans in there because he's what is he what is he? I mean he's I, I've i not got the age with, him, but I'm pretty sure he's he's in his late thirties I believe. So yeah. I mean the the guys like I mean there's going to be veterans in there that's almost his age, which is crazy to think about. So he's really got to, you know. As soon as he stepped in that locker room, he's really got to earn their respect, and it's going to be interesting because it is seemingly um, uh, an overhaul of 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 young sort of up and coming talents in terms of the coaching uh, appointments by Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. You've got. Obviously Nick Seriani, and then you've got Shane Steichen who's coming as the def- uh, as the offensive coordinator who is thirty-five. And then the thirty-seven-year-old defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, who we worked with last year, uh, in Indianapolis, under obviously Frank Reich, who was obviously Nick Seriani's almost mentor. Um and it's crazy to think that we got rid of, you know, Frank Reich. He got he went to Indianapolis and then this new guy, this, you know, he's almost his trainee. Nick has, has come back comeback us. so it's quite a weird, weird shift of events. But yeah, I'm I'm slightly hopeful. I think it, it's it's refreshing to see a, a young guy come in and and see what what he can do. Really, with 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 the whole situation.
1: Personally, I think there's probably more. I probably if if I was an Eagles fan, I think I'd be more concerned about how he roseman than than anything else. I, I, I think that there's bigger problems at the at the sort of the, the place than than uh, than Doug Pederson, and I think there's bigger problems, albeit not too much bigger than than Carson Wentz, but um, that doesn't sort of Howard Roseman doesn't really seem to want to take any kind of responsibility for for what's happened over the last you know maybe season season and a half, um, but you know I think like you said. You can't read too much into 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 Nick Sirianni's his press conferences. I did see, and I did see some of the abuse that he got through it. You know, I, you know, I think I saw I saw one that said, um, you know, something along the lines of, you know, if you can't talk in front of the media, how do you expect to talk in front of a in front of a locker room or a dressing room? You know, it, it's a lot of rubbish. It's, you, it became, it became like almost,
0: it became like almost um, national ridicule across America. Like. There was, you know, millions of, of views on Twitter of this clip going around where he was talking about. Uh, I think it was he was talking about being a leader and and talking about uh, having that elite mindset and he was slightly stuttering and, and quite nervous, and and he almost became sort of a mocking figure and that's uh, that's never going to help the situation. I just really hope he doesn't look too much into that. And uh, I mean, there's a you know, if if there's people watching to this who who are slightly dubious about the way that he spoke in his press conferences, you only have to go and listen to the Eagles upload the YouTube video where he sat one-on-one with um, a, a Philly journalist. And he was really a completely different man. Like He was completely um, articulate and he was really eloquent in the way that he spoke. So I think, yeah, you can't really read too much into that.
1: You know, you're, speaking, you're speaking to a media, like you said before, you're right to point out that they're infamous for um, a very... Uh, probably, you know, it's, it's a wolf pack mentality of it. It's, it's them trying to do anything they can to hunt someone down and, and sort of get, a uh, you know, some kind of juicy story or, or find some kind of negative headline to print about someone that's connected to Philadelphia, whether it be any kind of sports team or anyone in that general city. It, it's a, you know, not, you'll find that with any kind of media. You know, all, all they want is, you know, they they want failure because they want something to write about that's going to sell newspapers or get clicks online. And I think that if you, you're coming into a job Um, You know, you know it's a big job. You know, like you said, Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You know, you 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 know you're entitled to be nervous, and you're entitled to be a little bit stuttery because you're thinking, I've just been asked a question there. If I give an answer, what kind of um, what kind of outrage am I going to draw from a specific group if I, you know, say a wrong word or anything like that? And I think, like you said, you know, did an interview with a YouTube channel, which was just one on one. You know, quite a chilled out interview, and you know, in in a sort of a less Intimidating atmosphere, and in, in, you know, just one on one, right? As opposed to sort of, you know, God knows how many journalists compared to one man, and you know, it's a lot different. So, yeah, I won't look too much into that, judging on results, not by how we can talk in front of the media. So, that's you know, that's a lot of bullshit,
0: yeah. Um, something which was interesting was that uh, Press Taylor, the QB coach, was fired, and that is very intriguing because he was. Notoriously um, friendly with with Carson Wentz, and they were they were two you know two buddies. So that that can't be good from from a Carson perspective. You know, you're there. was a game. It was the last game, in fact, last year. Well, not last year, this year, but last game of the season. And um, it was when Jalen Hurts had been subbed out for Nate Sudfeld when we, when we were sort of tanking, if you like. And Jalen Hurts was on the sideline, and Press Taylor. Jalen Hurts was on his own, and, J- and Press Taylor was, was talking through and coaching Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah. there's a, your starting quarterback is on the sideline. He's just being benched, and your quarterback coach is talking to Carson Wentz and, and laughing and joking around with him. I mean, that's not a good look, and the fact that Press Taylor's gone signals to me that Carson is probably gone as well. And something else which is really interesting is that we've hired Brian Johnson as QB coach who is actually has an, an inherent connection with, with the Hurts family. Uh, he knew Jalen when he was about four and he tried recruiting him um, before before Jalen went to Alabama. So, I mean, if you're Carson Wentz and you're looking at that thinking, you know, why have you just hired the guy that is, is very close with Jalen Hurts? I mean, that, that really does... I think you can look into that and think Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback next year, and Carson Wentz will be traded. Yeah, I think is Pres Taylor gone to the Colts? Did I read
1: that over there? I think he did. He, is he gone to Colts to join Frank Reich's staff? Yeah,
0: yeah, I believe um, so. I, I
1: I think it's like you say. You know, you get that impression that there wasn't really a sort of a coach and player mentality between Pres Taylor and and Carson Wentz. It was more of a. You know, he's my friend and I'm gonna look after him sort of thing. And I think that now he's sort of lost that um senior figure who could maybe stick up for him and persuade coaches to give him a chance and and keep him in the team and, and sort of if anything, just try and sort of coach him back to somewhat of his best. Uh I I would imagine that, that now Carson Wentz is probably probably gonna go as well. Um but then again, he, he's finding, he's, you know, finding someone to sort of you off your hand, sort of thing. You know, it sounds like a, um, you know, a, a sort of smashed up city that you're trying to get rid of. You know, you need to find someone else that's going to take him. But uh, I, he doesn't send out the right messages because it's like you were alluding to. He, he's not. He's never come out and you know, organised for an interview or done anything on Twitter or social media saying, oh, no, no, I wanna stay, I want to stay in Philadelphia and stuff like that, and all the noises that his agent it's were making weird. towards the back end of the season is you know, he's, he's pointing to I, I want to leave and I do not want to be here.
0: That's what you should do as well, just out of respect. If you if you really want to be the face of the franchise, you wanna be the guy that everyone's gonna get behind of, you know, one of the major marketplaces in terms of American sports. You want you wanna get you wanna have someone to be that the almost paragon, you know, that, that guy to look to, and Castlements hasn't come out and, and said anything, which is just oh, it's, it's baffling, but uh, yeah, I yeah, think it's really, uh, really bizarre, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next year. I think it could go one of two ways. It could either go there, could be some hope that Nick Siriani gets these guys to play, and if obviously, if we draft someone like Jamar Chase in, in the draft or and and really try and revitalize this offense, and uh, obviously getting people like Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson back is going to help the offensive line as well. So they could have. I just I'm just not convinced that we're going to be a playoff team. To be honest, I think I think what's more likely to happen, if I'm being honest, is that we go, you know, similar to to what we've done this year, maybe a few wins better. But yeah, just. I think it's I mean it's definitely the darkest time that I've ever experienced as, as an Eagles fan and um especially after winning the Super Bowl, you know, a couple of years ago. It's it's crazy this turnaround. But that's that's how quick things can move in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and just as quickly as you start to fall down, uh, in sort of the pecking order and, and and people's opinion, you can you know, you can just as quickly rise back up again. It's yeah. it's that kind of industry where if, if if you sort of have a failure season, there's, there's no reason why you can't have a successful one next time out, and or for the next two years, it's a, it's a it's it's a captivating sport from that perspective. That you know, one bad season doesn't sort of sort of ruin you for the rest of your lives. I mean, if we're going to look at it from a sort of an English football perspective, you look at the likes of Bolton in the Premier League ten years ago. They have one bad season and and the nine league too you know if 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 you have that in the nfl you know there's no chance that you're going to you know tank so badly that you'll you know you'll never recover again it's it's interesting from that perspective
0: yeah uh, do you want to move on to the super bowl because i mean it, this was supposed to be a sort of a super bowl special and i feel like we've we've just gone on about you know the eagles and jets but what can you do so do you want to do you want to kick us off and and how are you feeling for for this weekend
1: yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised to see Tampa Bay in the final. Um, I, I, I've sort of had it in my head for quite a long time since, since sort of the the back end of the season that it was going to be, um, you know, sort of a Chiefs Packers final, and 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 it'd be a lot closer than, than what it is. I think I, I'm struggling. am I'm, I'm struggling to split the two to be honest with you because. Um, you know, my, my confidence, you know, before Christmas for the, for the Chiefs was was at an all time high. I, I thought they were going to, you know, complete back to back Super Bowls and and do it with ease. But I've not necessarily been as impressed with them in the playoffs as as I have for the sort of the you know two thirds of the regular season. Um, but then again, I I don't know whether that's just because of this, the the standards that they've set over the last two years is that they're ridiculously high that whenever they have some kind of drop off, or maybe they don't win. You know, so convincingly that, that that people sort of jump on them and say, "Oh no, they're not as good as they were." You know, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. But I'm um, I'm 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 really shocked to see Tampa Bay in the final. I, I really thought this was going to be Aaron Rodgers' year, and, and and I'm I'm really disappointed for him to be honest. I'm, I'm actually quite gutted.
0: Yeah, just to counter that that uh, cheese point, I think to some extent you can take take some sort of hu- humility out of that. Chiefs story because you know like you said they were such a dominant force last year and and it's hard to live up to them expectations but I think there is reassurance in the fact that you know they've never you've never looked at a Chiefs game and thought you know they're really in trouble here you know they've always been in games and they've they've found out a way to really grind out results so I think there is a bit of reassurance to take out of that if you're a Chiefs fan um I mean if we start with it with the Chiefs first I mean the let's be honest the they're on a roll right now they obviously beat the the browns in the divisional round even after you know even after mahomes was, was put into the concussion protocol and then on you know on sunday they um they destroyed the bills eight game winning streak which was crazy to think i mean they, they completely silenced you know josh allen who is arguably you know an mvp candidate for, for this year in the way that he's played and the the kind of stats that he's he's been putting up and you, you just feel like this sort of momentum that the Chiefs are carrying—they've—they've they've sort of pulled it together just at the right moment.
1: Yeah, I think um, I should probably can't clarify that um, they were—they were, they were a lot better last last time out against the Bills um, in, in in the championship game. I think that uh, obviously they they, they didn't dis- they didn't really destroy the, the the Browns in the way that I would have expected to. Obviously, the Browns made it to the final, but. They, this, um, the playoffs, sorry, but I, I sort of expected a really convincing uh, Kansas City win and that, that really didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, they were impressive last time against, against the Bills, who, who ever since really Greg's come on podcast with uh, have, have sort of enjoyed an upturn in fortunes, obviously an eight-game winning streak and um, you know, possibly unlucky to come up against such a machine of a franchise, really. I think any other year they'd have probably made it to the Super Bowl. Um, but I think this year with it being uh when coming up against, you know, in and, and, and they are a machine. I think like, I think you possibly, you know, touched it then and you, and you were right to do so, is that, you know, maybe the Chiefs don't have to destroy, you know, every single team, every single game. Sometimes, you know, the more the the better victories are when the ground ones out and they've not been playing particularly Because well. it shows them that they can win, you know, all types of all types of games in all types of situations. You know, they can win tight games and they can have that edge when, you know, you know, push really comes to shove. Um, so yeah, I, I thought they were really, really impressive against the bills, and, like you've said, any game winning run, um you know, not to be sniffed at by ending that. Um, obviously, yeah um, is, is, is Patrick Mahomes over his injury did he have did he have some kind of foot injury a couple
0: of weeks ago? yeah, but I think he he's all he's all cleared now. I mean, he looked he looked pretty good against the bills, so. I mean the fact that they, they got him back from that concussion protocol was pretty impressive because usually it doesn't it take like a week or something and somehow they managed to get him clear for for um for them games. So it was yeah, I mean you you can't doubt his 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 strength or his he, he, I think he I mean the guy has such an elite mindset for, for such a young age. It's it really is unprecedented in you know, he's, I mean it's probably fair to say that he is the most probably the most talented quarterback of our generation for sure. Um, for sure, yeah. You just, I mean, it brings me back to to this thing about when I was mentioning the um, the series on Netflix, the QB1. I've been watching uh, a bit more of it recently, and even you look at high school level, you you, you look at these guys, this, this Spencer Rattler, who I was talking about, who's been. Um, branded as the next Mahomes, now he's now he's in college. But this was when he was at high school, and even at high school, these guys have such a. I think it's just such a different mentality to anywhere around the world. Like they, like I said, they have this he- inherent and almost innate belief that they're going to make it if they if they continue to put the hard work in, and they they really do have this really elite competitive mindset, and that's what ultimately gets them to the top of the game. And and you you compare that you you put that in someone like Patrick Mahomes who already has the talent and already has the ability at throwing no look passes for fun, it's it really is a scary combination. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think
1: therefore just going to move slightly onto uh, Tampa Bay. I think you know I think me and you both wanted to sort of Aaron Rodgers to be to be in the Super Bowl final and. And that would have probably made for you know, for a really sort of clash of their generations really. But if if anything, this is, you know, just as um just as much that as as anything else. I think with Tom Brady and, and Patrick Mahomes, it's sort of like the old guard pass, passing the mantle on to, to the new up and coming guard. I think it's a it's an interesting matchup. But I'm I'm really struggling to split them because, you know, Tampa Bay have shown some Putting some quite impressive performances in, in 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 the last sort of couple of weeks, and and they sort of picked up form towards the back end of the season when they had a little bit of a rough patch. I think it would maybe just either side of Christmas they started to struggle, um, yeah. but but they sort of found that consistency back, and and you know, I, it feels like, and and I, and I've said it before, it feels like really really basic analysis to just sort of say, oh, Tom Brady's on someone's team, or they must win then, but you can't sort of count for that kind of experience for someone who's won six super bowls in a final you know you that that kind of experience it, it can't be bought it can't be traded it can't be anywhere else in your team unless you've actually done it it's for for, for me it's he, he's, he's 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 the most important player on that on that Tampa Bay team obviously but you know he, he could possibly drag 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 that drag, drag that team to a super bowl and 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 I don't think there'd be any arguing about who the, who the greatest of all time is because if anything that you can chuck at Tom Brady for for how good he is and and, and his longev- longevity in the game, it's that he's always done it with the best players, the best coach, um, yeah. the best setup, the best franchise, and I just think that if he does it with Tampa Bay, that will you know that is possibly you know one of the one one of his it's probably his best achievement because he, you know he wasn't expected to win it. I mean, I don't. I, I can't really remember too many preseason predictions that had Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl, or even i can't remember too many that you know said that they were going to get too far in the playoffs so uh I think it's an interesting matchup, but i I, I can't
0: split them. It also brings this interesting idea with well if if Tom Brady wins it this year, then what what do we make of bill Belichick i mean can, can we is it fair to say that Brady was the more important? Um, part of that relationship, I don't know. It just, I think, unless you know, until Bill Belichick wins a, a Super Bowl without Tom Brady, then we can really judge that. So it's it's going to be interesting, yeah. Something which I saw was quite funny was that, um, uh, if Tom Brady loses on Sunday, then he'll be the quarterback with the most Super Bowl losses, but he also has the most Super Bowl wins, which is just an unbelievable start. Yeah. Like, um, I mean when you look at this book's offence as well, it really is incredibly talented. And, you know, I think it is very easy to say, like you said, Tom Brady is, is, is the, is, is the guy for this team. And he's the guy who's rejuvenated this team, but let's, let's not, you know, bullshit. Like this team is stacked, like with the likes of Mike Evans, you know, Chris Godwin, obviously Gronkowski, Scotty Miller, and then perhaps even Antonio Brown, if, if he, I I'm not sure if he's he's fit or not, but this it's it's a very talented offense, and when you've got guys like those receivers and you've got Tom Brady at your disposal, then it could come down to to a shootout between the the two teams because can you really trust the Chiefs' secondary to keep up with these with these guys? And I mean, if you're Tampa Bay, can you really afford to be kicking field goals like you? Because the Chiefs and Mahomes will just outscore you. You know, with Travis Kelsey, I mean, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end I've ever seen in my in my lifetime, for sure. Such a, like, I've never been so, more certain to 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 put a bet on a guy to rack up 100 yards and a touchdown every week. I mean, he really is incredible, Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, I think it could come down to a bit of a shootout between the two. I think he's going to be
1: really tight. I mean, before we come on, I were having a look at the lines and, I think you can get plus three on Tampa Bay or minus three on on Kansas City. I think I think I'd be inclined to take the plus three on Tampa Bay. I think it's you know I don't I don't think you know Kansas City are going to run away with it if they do win, uh, nor do I think you know Tampa Bay are going to do either. I think it's a, it's such an intriguing battle and it's probably um, it's, it's sort of similar to last year. So I think a couple of years ago when it was the Patriots and the Rams in the final, um, mm. I think that were very one side and obviously the Patriots. Um, you know they didn't, they didn't, you know, bat them out of the park, but they put on a very professional display, and you could tell the team that had that had won five Super Bowls before then, and and and, and sort of the team who were in there first. But I think these last two years have been really, really competitive fixtures, and and I think that possibly people are writing off Tampa Bay a little bit too quickly for this final. I think you know Kansas City if, on just a straight money line market are, are, are overwhelming favourites, um, sort of two one and things like that. So. Uh, I, I think it's a really, really close match, and I'd be probably inclined to set that plus three for Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't know if you've got any opinions, and I know I've just sprung it on you, but I think it's going to be a tight game, and and I and I wouldn't fancy any of the teams to to run away with it or win by a touchdown or more.
0: Yeah, I think it for one, it's going to be a very high. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking here, and the Bucks have scored at least thirty points in at least in each of their past six games. Uh, averaging an over thirty-five, so they're in a they're in a they're in a position to compete with this Chiefs if if it comes down to a, you know a straight shootout between the two offenses. I uh, think it's something that the Chiefs have struggled a bit slightly with is is their their running defense and the Bucks running game has really improved as as much as their receivers are very talented and obviously Tom Brady can you know find a pass and and spray it about, but when you look at someone like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette as well, who's been exceptional the last couple of games, you know, against the Saints Fournette probably would have, you know, if, if there wasn't an MVP award for that against the uh, Saints Fournette would have probably got it. So whether Brady's going to try and try and run down this Chiefs defense or, or, or try and, you know, sling it about, it's going to be an interesting, it's just, I can't wait, mate. It's going to be incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's you know I think it's going to be a really competitive game and and um, and like I said, I'm, I I really don't think I can call it at a minute whether whether something changes in in the middle of the week. I'm not expecting it to, but I think there were a little bit of a worry a couple of weeks ago that, that obviously the Chiefs could sort of fall away with this. Um, I think people thought that the concussion for. Um, Patrick Mahomes were, were, were worse than it expected and I think possibly there were a little bit of worry about whether whether Patrick Mahomes would make it to the to, to the Super Bowl if 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 the Chiefs got there, obviously he has and and obviously he's come back from the from the protocols quite quickly. Um but yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be a really exciting match I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, me too. Um have you got any any uh, favourite maybe Super Bowl? Drinks that that you like to that you're gonna probably indulge oh. in on the or, or any snacks or anything. I think snacks you can't beat a bit of hot and
1: spicy chicken
0: wings. Oh yeah,
1: they are. You know, put them in, put them in
0: oven, two hundred degrees, forty minutes. Incredible. I I don't think there's something very different about this this American culture. You know, like for big finals where people people stock up and get like. They they almost like have this like massive party with like loads of snacks and and loads of drinks and it's quite. I don't, I mean if if, like if you look at something like the FA Cup final or or even like the Champions League final, it's probably something that is quite unusual for, for international fans or English fans.
1: Oh yeah, definitely because it's like the FA Cup final. You know, there's there's no real build up. It's just sort of. You you stick on BBC One and you watch 90 minutes of football, whereas with Americans, it's sort of like an all day thing, and it's like you know, it's it's probably their equivalent to Christmas, you know, they you know, with the the parties that they put on and everyone gathers round and this, that, and the other, but you know, it's probably equivalent to Christmas for them. I've
0: got to, um, got to ask you before we go about I've been really, really getting into the NHL recently, um. Obviously, adopting the uh, the Flyers as my team, obviously being a Philly fan. So sticking with the Flyers, I mean, the Flyers have been... Re- I, I, I don't know much about ice hockey. My, my dad knows quite a bit. He's a, he's a Penguins fan. Um, so he's been Aww. teaching me a bit about ice hockey. But um, yeah, I've really enjoyed the ice hockey recently, and the Flyers have been doing exceptionally well. I, I don't know if you've been, you've been watching it as well. Oh no,
1: yeah, they did. No, they have. Uh, I think. Um, I think the Penguins are playing my boys, the New York Rangers, on uh, on on Tuesday. I think it might, I think it's either tomorrow night or um or twelve o'clock tonight. Um. So I think that should be a close game. But yeah, they are uh, Philly, Philly, Philly are doing quite well on all fronts. I think at minute. I mean, you know, barring the NFL, but I think in in so soft basketball, and NHL, they're doing they're doing quite well. Yeah, it
0: was a, it was a good, perfect night last night. Sixers and and the Flyers won. I stayed up quite, I'm absolutely shattered today, but I stayed up quite late to watch both of them and, you know, just flicking between the Sixers and Flyers. Sixers, top of of the Eastern Conference, pretty beautiful to see. um, Joel Embiid, MVP candidate. Uh, and it was nice to see that the Sixers can win without Embiid as well last night against a very good Pacers team. So yeah, because were, are, they were they were sort looking. of a
1: danger, weren't they? That they were becoming a little bit too reliant on him. But um, yeah. you know, no yeah. one really wants a one man team. But you know, you got to appreciate his quality, and and obviously, like you said, it's nice to see that they can win a game without him.
0: Yeah, I think they were um, zero and four without Embiid um, before last night's game. Ben Simmons also look, looking looking. On the up, which is nice to see. Uh, There was uh, obviously this whole thing uh, about uh, Ben Simmons getting traded for for James Harden, but I'm I'm glad we kept Ben Simmons. I don't think that trade would have been very beneficial because I think there's still a lot of a lot of potential from Ben Simmons, whereas James Harden's already sort of reached his peak. I mean, then again, looking at looking at the Nets this year, I mean, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and and the Kyrie is is a very sc- scary combination. Um, sure. I, I think the Sixers have got a chance to win the East, which is um, which is looking good. And the Flyers are obviously doing well, and uh, might even have to start indulging in some baseball as well when that comes around.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I think the, the NHL for me is um, it, it's sort of got that balance between uh NFL and, and uh and NBA because NBA sometimes you need yourself an headache watching it because of how fast pace it is. NFL can sometimes turn you off a bit because, you know, the, you know it's very stop start but I think that that, that the NHL is, is sort of found a balance in between that where it's, it's it's sort of a little bit like football in a way. Um pace wise. Um and, and, and you know you obviously get quite a few broad breaking outs so that always adds to the
0: drama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is class. Uh, is there anything you wanna you wanna say before before we finish off? No, just it's just you know it's been
1: nice to you know I know we've probably done this since when back November it's, you know it's been nice to sort of talk through a bit of NFL you know every so often and, uh, and and sort of have your opinions out there and 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 you know talk through talk you know it's, it, I feel like it's been a bit of Jets therapy for me this year this um, being able to to talk about the Jets issues and 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 whatever but you know hopefully. Um, also we're we'll back to talk about it when it comes back in September.
0: Yeah, shout out to everyone who's who's been listening. Um, you know, I think we're averaging like almost thirty listeners at the minute, which is which is pretty incredible. To be fair, to say that we, you know, we just started it a couple of months ago. So um, yeah, we truly appreciate everyone everyone that's uh, checking us out every week. And uh, shout out to Greg you.
1: for coming in there. We we a shout couple of decent Greg,
0: podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, cheers, Zach, for, for joining me again. Yeah, cheers, pal. See you later, guys. Thank you.
1: Cheers.